Trident Wargaming. Build it, paint it, play it. Hey everybody, welcome back to Trident Wargaming. I'm your host, Bill. And we've got a Horus Heresy episode lined up for you today, which is forging your narrative. It's something that uh, we're starting to explore a lot on the channel. And I uh, can get a little bit more into the reasons why later. Uh, before we get started too far, just want to do a big shout out to Frederick and Dustin, our, uh, our two patrons that are uh, helping support uh, Trident Wargaming. And uh, all the support is appreciated. And if you are interested in supporting us you can check it out in the uh, link in the description now that we're done with that shameless plug we'll uh, continue on so getting back to horse heresy forging your narrative the takeaway from the episode essentially is going to be where we're going to be heading as a channel um, mainly with our heresy content and what's kind of spurring that uh, so forging your narrative a lot of people know when you were trying to make your own narrative, there's a few different ways that you can spin this. Um, and, I, and I use that term like your, your own loosely. It depends what you want to do. Uh, there are people who really want to roll with the uh, canon stories, reenactments for certain battles, uh, going through anything from Mr. Band 3, Mr. Band 5, uh, Planet Murder, like tons of different things depending on what your group is. Uh, how big it is, you know, the legions you have present, it, it's, you know, it's tough to make uh, Instaban 5 happen if you don't have loyalists, uh, salamanders, raven guard, or iron hands. So there's, there's little uh, things that you can kind of be bound to. Now, what I want to focus on is the untold stories of Horus Heresy, uh, essentially forging our own narrative, which is nice because you can really shoehorn it into the overall setting um with that's you know the lore of the system but you can also make it so completely unique and on on it stand on its own two legs uh where people really feel that they're a part of something bigger and it very well you know you could be adding your own community's interest or re event results from your narrative into it which is kind of cool because you all get to share the same idea. Uh, you're all kind of like-minded driving for the same type of uh, outcome. So the event that I'm using as a campaign primer, so I'm going to be hosting Iron Without, and it's uh, Fratricide and the Ghoul Stars. Uh, essentially, a little brief overview here is the Horse Heresy is torn, the galaxy asunder, legions of space marines battle against each other for supremacy inflicting uncounted losses on both sides this event will highlight the untold stories of the horus heresy as the conflict rages on in an isolated portion of space known as the ghoul stars uh, main reason picking the ghoul stars there's not a whole lot uh, written about it um, there's like not a ton of supporting canon which is nice because you can shoehorn basically any scenario uh, you can think of into it um, I'll continue on here. Uh, the event will pit loyalists and traitors against each other as they battle for control 
of the desperation system located off the astrotelepathic duct within the ghoul stars. That's a legit thing. I uh, was looking at a bunch of old school books. Ended up finding this little niche section and uh, googling some online just to kind of get a little bit of a feel for it. There's really not a lot on it, so it was a nice spot to uh, hone in on and make my attack for this particular narrative. Nice thing is... Uh, we could pretty much take the information here and make it anything. Uh, essentially, home growing our own, our whole own story. Um, I'll continue on. Uh, the system will be presented, represented uh, via a planetary empire map. So I have a bunch of these tiles, about 140, 150 of them. So I'm able to actually make quite a large uh, territory and/or uh, map representing a planet or whatever. Um, uh, each each of the tiles will be directly directly representing tables at the event. Territories on the map will be worth a specific amount of campaign points to your faction. At the end of each round, total amount of campaign points are tallied and added to the faction's total. At the end of the event, the faction with the highest number of points will have the scales of the battle tip in their favor and will surely help turn the tide in the ever-growing conflict. So now, the way that I'm trying to have this event go is uh, these planetary empire tiles are, are really nice because I'm going to be using them essentially to dictate the battlefield. It will represent all my tables at the event. There's going to be 16. So it's 16 loyalists for 16 traders for a total of 32, uh, which was awesome. We sold out in about two days. Really, really cool response. And I have it set up in such a way, <clears throat> excuse me, it is going to be representing a risk table and you're going to be able to capture certain territories worth higher or lower amount of campaign points. I have sections like now think risk just for a moment. Essentially, you have it broken down like into the same style plot. Uh, Asia is going to be actually a bunch of different tables. I believe it's approximately five uh, tables that I have on the map, which will be all represented on these tiles. Uh, it's going to be worth nine campaign points. Everything's kind of even. It's usually like five, three, one amount of players. Uh, essentially, in the pack, we go on to talk about, and there's a reason why I made certain uh, certain territories worth more and others less. The big reason for that is sometimes, no matter what, you have people who want to play a little harder, and not everyone's on the same page, especially in a narrative event, uh, narrative being subjective, can often be interpreted however you like. And some people are going to play really solid lists. I'm not saying that solid lists aren't narrative. It doesn't really matter. Essentially, those bigger areas, the larger territories with more tables, are meant to attract the players who want to play a little bit more um, to the rules a little bit more strict. Uh, essentially, the harder lists want to, you know, bang out. The nice thing is, is it should help attract like-minded players. Whereas the territories that aren't worth as much, people who want to play a lot more casual heresy, because we have people from all over uh, Alberta and BC coming for this event, it's going to be nice because they can play a little bit more of a relaxed session a little bit of a uh, more relaxed game where your results still matter and they'll still contribute to the the overarching narrative itself 
but you don't have to really worry too much, right? You can kind of take it for what it is, enjoy the game, kind of, uh, you know, have a beer, roll some dice with your opponent, shoot the shit, and, and still enjoy it. Where you can still do that throughout any game in the event, but it's nice because you can kind of coordinate, okay, you know what? I know locally these are my, like, these guys are stronger players. Uh, I, I would obviously like to direct them towards the larger Asia or Germany or Europe, I should say, um, area. And I want to see how this unfolds. All the other people coming, you know, we all kind of have a good idea of where everyone's at for games. So you can kind of start to see where people are going to be directing. The nice thing is the matchups are completely uh, player dictated. And the way we're deciding this is after the first round, based on win-loss and essentially your VP, that's the only thing we're actually tracking, for, and it's only for this reason, um, is to determine who's going to be an attacker or defender. So the first the the first person in the rankings or placings is going to be attacker, and we're going to have to keep track of loyalists and traders throughout the whole event um, in, uh, obviously, you know, descending order. And... The next person will be a defender and then attacker defender attacker defender these people the attackers are pretty much essentially waiting to see where they're actually going to be attacking i have a little bit of the mechanics here put up so defenders are going to be deploying their armies first they get to pick the table of their choice so there's 16 there's lots of variety um, and attackers will get to choose the opponent they wish to attack second so being a defender is actually really good. You can kind of walk around, pick what tables you want to jump on. But how we're going to represent this is on the actual Planetary Empire tiles, you're going to be able to place your model where you're defending. And what's nice is you don't really have to walk around. You can kind of watch people do this. And as an attacker, you can go up and go, well, you know what? I haven't played Imperial Fist for forever. I want to attack that guy. And you can attack. So you're 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 attacking the army, um, not so much the player. So you get to really kind of set up your own grudge matches. You can kind of have your own, uh, your own, you know, the own story of your crusade or your legion fighting against whatever opponents you want. The nice part about having the pre, I guess, pre discussion or the intent built into this pack about having you know, uh, more experienced, stronger uh, players should be in these areas is you're going to get those people just, they're going to know where it is on the map because I'm going to have it set this way with, you know, borders so it's easy to identify. They don't have to think about, oh, is that guy, you know, is that is this person I'm placing against, is he going to be okay with my list? Is it going to be too hard? Or I, I don't know. That's all out the window. All you have to do is you know in this area it's going to be a little harder games. You can throw your model down and you can be confident that both people are going to be on the same uh, page. We're trying to use uh, language in the pack to very much uh, portray that, which will be pretty nice. Um, so the format itself, fully painted event. It's our first fully painted three-color minimum event. Uh, these can sometimes have a mixed bag. Some people like them, some people don't. My thing has always been uh, to make it accessible for newer players or um, players that are just kind of getting started. We've been running a local Horse Heresy narrative event. Um, sorry, narrative event. We've been running a slow grow for our local Horse Heresy scene. 
and we have been making the main focus hobby orientated for painting. So it, the whole point of it's been to get your army painted. And at the end of our slow grow, it'll be eight months since we started this venture to get your 3000 point army painted. It just so happens that our um, event is about three weeks after our slow grow ends. Nice little break. People get to kind of relax. Maybe there's some last minute little units you want to paint, jump on because you've been, you know, uh, tinkering away, kind of doing your thing. But essentially, this this is to coincide and reward those players that have been dedicated to the slow grow. Um, other people, if they just have their armies done, doesn't matter. It's great. Jump on in. Uh, so it's our first one like that. And it's essentially to kind of start um, showing, I, I really want to reward the people who are putting in the work. Um, I'm fine to play against anything and everything. Proxies, you name it, I'll, I'll play just to roll dice and let people get, you know, get a feel for their army. I get all about, you know, investing tons of cash and maybe you just don't like the army the way it plays. That's fine. But at a certain point, you have to be able to reward these players that are putting in the time. And when armies are mutually painted, everything's looking good. Even if it is three color minimum and like your army looks like golden demon, you know what? It doesn't matter that much because the immersion's still there. You're still staring at your armies from two and a half, three feet away, rolling dice. It still looks better than primer or gray plastic or whatever. Um, continue on with the format. Uh, so our armies will consist of 3,000 points, Crusade Force Org, uh, regular uh, limitations or restrictions for Lords of War and Primarchs. There's going to be a total of five games. Uh, six was kind of the initial thought, but six is a long weekend. It's... Um, can make for long days so five is better i know it's one less but that's okay you wrap up on a better on a better note um there are no restrictions in place for the event but we do ask for some self-moderation on lists now i know that is kind of a cop-out bullshit little sentence in um in any uh pack or players pack league event tournament whatever um the rest of this will make more sense the event itself is geared towards narrative play and to ensure that you have the best experience possible, we ask that you build and play your army with this in mind. Everyone should strive for the coolest dude, a.k.a. our Sportsmanship Award. That is the main focus. You can play whatever you'd like, but you should be narratively driven and trying to build and play your army with being a best like a sportsman. Essentially, we want, all want to uh, be a shiny example of what we'd like to see in a heresy community. Victory points only matter for determining who will be attacking slash defending. We talked about that already. Uh, there'll be a three-hour time limit uh, for each round in the event. Uh, you will be expected to have your supporting rules, hard copy or electronic, for units slash forces in your army. Battle Scribe is not just a pure substitute. Uh, that's just essentially, I just want to make sure everybody has access to the rules. I don't care if it's on your phone or if it's a book. Whatever you want, that's totally fine, as long as you have something there. Uh, it's just, it's a big thing. You should be able to look up and support your army or units in your army with rules if you're asked. So continuing on, uh, we're going to be using just a straight up official games workshop rules and FAQ for the event. Uh, we're not using any third party rules or anything like that. I've got a, you know, little hyperlink there. Uh, all models are expected to be WYSIWYG to a reasonable standard. Using a reasonable standard to counts as another model does not violate the policy uh, this rule exists to allow converted armies. 
If in doubt, send a picture of the model to your TO in advance and ask if it's acceptable. Most of the time, it's pretty much to encourage rule of cool. Um, I'm not too much of a strict, you know, uh, stickler with all the weapon stuff. I know early, early, uh, Horus Heresy 1.0, it was a really big thing. Uh, we were playing, you know, very fresh, very new. So you really wanted to know what everyone's force was able to do at a glance. It, it, it's important, but it's not so important in narrative uh, driven games or events. Uh, the four missions will be uh, used will be released for the event within a month of the start date in a PDF format. Based on which faction is gaining the upper hand in the conflict, there will be a fifth mission revealed on day two to represent the tide of battle changing. So essentially, the nice thing with a narrative event is as you're starting to play these missions, they can start to get a little bit more, um, a little bit more uh, animated. You can have the players doing a lot of different things. Where in the beginning, it can kind of feel very protracted, or the first couple of games you're trying to reach out and you know score objectives, establish beachheads, whatever you want to uh, call it. it. It's anything you want it to be. Um, with that mission five, the nice thing with especially aiming with this narrative-driven um, thought process is. We want to be able to show in the mission which side is actually winning. So there'll be two missions made, one where the loyalists are actually winning and it puts the traders in a very compromised spot, uh, maybe like a desperate breakout escape kind of situation and vice versa. If the traders are actually winning, loyalists are going to be in a, in a tough spot as well, uh, basically to, to really show that it's you're on the ropes, things are kind of going down. should be a lot of fun. Um, prizing essentially we're just doing hobby orientated prizes no podium finishes it is best painted army for loyalist best painted army army for trader best painted single model loyalist or trader some people some people are going to be painting a lot to try and get ready for the event and i want to have a at least an opportunity that if they got one of their models done to their like you know um uh, standard of painting that we can now let them still have an opportunity to compete in the painting event. Uh, and then obviously, uh, best sportsman, aka coolest dude. Uh, this is based on scores. We're going to have like a score sheet attached for every mission, just so it'll f everyone can kind of fill it out for themselves. Uh, there's going to be a, camp a campaign points tier. Um, essentially, these are rewards after every game we tally up how many points each side has there will be ways to score additional cp in the actual missions uh, i'm actually thinking a couple different ways uh, one of the ones that i like the most is by my hand can insert pretty much a special rule where they're able to gain additional vp if you kill the other enemy warlord in combat something like that we'll see how that kind of plays out uh, but essentially after 25 cp we have targets of opportunity so for the next round, there's no roll for night fighting. Turn one or two, it's automatically on. doesn't matter. And this is basically either side that hits this tier gets that applied to their next uh, thing. Uh, 40 CP, advanced scout deployment. D3 units may meet, redeploy after both sides have finished deployment. This is done prior to scout and infiltrate. Again, nothing super great game breaking. I just wanted it to be more fun and kind of uh, lighthearted. Uh, 55 CP. Orbital bombardment support. Everyone's got to have an orbital bombardment. You got to, you know, roll some templates and drop shit on tables. At the start of turn three, after reserves have been rolled, you may deploy one orbital bombardment strike. 
It is heavy one, large blast, and it scatters full 3d6 because uh, weapons fire from a you know warship, battle barge, insert ship class here isn't accurate, not very anyways. Uh, it is strength 7, so you're not going to be risking losing any characters that aren't eternal. Um, it's meant to be kind of, you know, decent. Uh, AP3 Armor Bane Barrage. So essentially the worst it's going to end up doing, uh, it can, uh, you know, immobilize your Spartan. Nothing's going to be exploding from it. The, the whole point was it creates a lot of feels bads when you can drop this bombardment tank or this bombardment shot on someone's tank, their Death Star. We'll say that's a build everyone knows, uh, but essentially on their Death Star unit or their Spartan blows it up, wipes them out first round with something free in the game, which wasn't meant to completely fuck someone over. It was meant to kind of just make it a little bit more fun. So this, I think, makes it a lot more toned down, but fun because of the 3D6 scatter. Uh, it, it could be interesting, could create a lot of laughs. Uh, 70 CP enhanced augury scanners, one unit in your army gains. Uh, plus one ballistic skill for the next game, not plus one to hit rolls. Uh, that's not what I want to do. That's really powerful. Um, yeah, that's just, it's too, that's too much, but plus one BS, um, uh, is good. And I have, please don't, this does not stack with the Cognosignum, but the unit can be a vehicle, just not a super heavy vehicle. So essentially, yes, if you want to do apply it to a Sikaran or a Spartan or something like that, cool you can that's totally fine uh 90 cp so this is there's supposed to be the kind of progressions as you go up uh this is a trader specific one uh give them no sanctuary pick one piece of terrain on the opponent table half uh it no longer provides any cover saves this is pretty much right out of the iron warrior uh warlord trait it's you know just a shameless steal and that's fine the, the, these are all uh, little tests that I'm doing throughout the event because this is the event itself is a primer for the campaign that I'm going to be talking about. Uh, 90 CP, loyalist specific. Uh, reinforce the defenses. Pick one piece of terrain in your table half. You get plus one to your cover saves to a maximum of four plus. Uh, that's always nice. Um, it's just a way to kind of have a back and forth balance. I think it's kind of neat. Uh, at the place where we've got full bar and kitchen staff, which is really nice. Uh, they do solid job. Ran a few events there before. If you've uh, been following along or supporting with us locally, you'll know. Uh, new army books, PDF releases. Not that I, I don't really think we're going to be getting anything within 30 days, but there is a 30 days uh, before the event. Just it won't be used. Just to keep it easy for uh, myself as I'm going to be TOing and uh, it's like kind of like herding cats, you know, most of the time it shouldn't be an issue, but there's those odd little things that pop up uh, with some of the newer uh, books or factions coming out. Uh, I just don't want to run into anything that I'm not able to speak on with a lot of knowledge. So that's kind of the main, main goal. Uh, that's pretty much the main focus um, for this event anyways. Campaign wise, obviously the campaign is going to be spread out over a lot more than just five games. Uh, we'd like to have it spread over probably the course of, I'm going to say anywhere between four to six months. I'm not necessarily looking for more players. I'm looking for quality players that are going to want to partake in this. Uh, the nice thing about this particular campaign is I really want to incorporate all the different um, affiliated games, sub games with 30k. So we want to focus on our standard frontline Horus Heresy Age of Darkness missions or armies. 
We want to focus on 20 millimeter Titan fights. If it's just straight APOC tanks, Titans, like we let it rip. Uh, we want to focus on Zone Mortalis. We want to focus on Imperial Aeronautica. We want to focus on Adeptus Titanicus. We want to have all these different things in place so players can play any type of game that they want. Uh, we're also going to be trying to run a slow grow for Titanicus alongside with this. So people, even though they're learning the game, they're still having fun and they're kind of getting the hang of their Legio, they can still contribute to this campaign. Um, the whole point of it is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it, it should be pretty good. Uh, the campaign will expand a lot on these campaign tiers that I'm talking about as well, the uh, CP uh, tier reward. Essentially, we'll probably try and have around like 20 to 25. The whole uh, intent for that is also to have a matrix of missions. So depending on what's been happening in your games and the results, which will still be on the uh, planetary tiles, there'll be a matrix. Basically, you're defending this mission or you're defending this planet. This person's attacking. Play here. And I'll, I'll be slowly kind of tinkering. Uh, the ways to go through all the uh, that the full matrix for the games in a little bit. We got you know some mechanics to kind of poke at and talk to us. I'm trying to reach out to a lot of different uh, types of players and get some feedback for it because I think it's something that could be easily applied to a uh, a bigger audience. Although it's not necessarily better sometimes to keep the integrity of your event your campaign your vision sometimes less is more uh you, some of the best games and gaming groups we ever had were you know eight people banging out in the garage just rocking out for a weekend it was really fun uh the big events when you have 30 plus people are also really fun it all depends on where you're at what your mindset is and if the mechanics and uh willingness to do the work kind of helps float that along um anyways essentially that's kind of my idea for that narrative. Like that's one of my ideas for forging your own narrative or using like non-canon stuff, but shoehorning it a little bit with some support. I kind of uh, I kind of like the idea. Uh, let me know what you think in the comments. If you think that sounds like something you'd be into, uh, my my main goal is to try and really lean on some old D and D experience as a, a DM and start uh, really creating these different. Uh, types of uh, stories where we can all kind of partake uh, in the community and grow the local community even more than it has. Now I'd like to uh, um, shift the uh, podcast a little bit into kind of explaining why or what has caused the um, the change in direction. So uh, if you're a longtime listener uh, of the um, podcast, the channel here, uh, you'll know that I was a very big advocate for Horus Heresy match play. And I was very much trying to promote the use of a common language that we could use for match play to try and have balanced missions and to try to have a points adjustment system that allowed us to, as a community, um, fix some of the um, rules, some weird loopholes, uh, hopefully have some point adjustments to make more kits, more units in the game uh, appetizing, uh, thus creating a more robust system. Uh, essentially, so what ended up happening, or what's what's changed is um, when I was at uh, the LVO 2023 event, I was invited to a TO social, uh, which is separate from FLG in the event itself. It's actually a, uh, 
support program that's put on by Games Workshop to have um, a support package for like uh, Kill Team, Warcry, um, Into Darkness slash Boarding Actions, and 40k. This is where they were talking about the uh, national qualifiers and a couple of different ways that they can promote these systems. Uh, after a little bit of an explanation of what the TL Social Program was about, uh, there was kind of like a more relaxed uh, question and answer uh, session. So I asked uh, one of the reps from uh, Games Workshop, uh, you know, is Horace Heresy going to have a, uh, is it going to have a matched play um, system coming out? Or is there going to be a book or any support at all? And uh, he was very forthcoming and just explained it as, Pretty much this, and I'm, I'm going to loosely quote it essentially, but uh, the design studio or the studio team does not care for or wish to support um, any form of competitive play with Horus Heresy. Uh, they just they don't like that at all. Um, match play, competitive play, that whole kind of genre. They they don't they don't really care much for that. I did say, you know, there are some rules that are a little bit broken or perhaps need a little bit more of a explanation. Um, what about, you know, the Scorpius is 120 points. And, you know, if you maybe bumped it up a little bit or you bumped a Vindicator or a Medusa down, you know, to make them more appealing to players, I think that would be that would go a long way. Uh, essentially, he said that the rules team knows there are some rules that are broken and they know that um, some units might be overcosted a little bit and like you know we're look I'm looking at those Lord of War from the uh, PDF the legacies PDF right like some of those are a little bit wild uh, but essentially uh, heresy shouldn't be focused in that sense it should be a it's focused as a narrative historical game and that part shouldn't matter. Uh, which was a little bit deflating to hear, um, you know, to be honest. And then further up, he followed up with, you know, we're, we're getting FAQs. The range is supposed to go to um, plastic, essentially. And there's supposed to be some campaign, like other campaign books, Warzone books like that. Eventually that will be coming out, but no firm dates, nothing like that. Although the the biggest takeaway was that match play will just not exist at all, um, which for what I was wanting to create that language and have a, a balanced kind of effort where players could come to the table and use similar language and have a 50-50%, you know, of actually like winning their game instead of, you know, tying it into a narrative was kind of my whole, uh, my whole direction or my whole want for that particular system um, now knowing that it's not really in the cards it's allowed me to shift my focus with the uh the horus heresy here locally uh, which inspired obviously this um event and now it'll kind of grow into a campaign where i'm able to really tweak and kind of hone things i'm uh, trying to take a lot of inspiration from some of these old campaign books uh planetary uh, the Empire books, obviously, with the tiles. I'm trying to also do, um, you know, Crusade of Fire, uh, Planetary Assault, just a, a bunch of these different kinds of campaign books, City of Death, like just reading a bunch of old literature and trying to bounce ideas off of some of uh, the local players, essentially to come up with something that feels like it's interactive on many different platforms, but 
it also has like a very nice fun factor to it and it can be easily supported by having elements of the actual canon to kind of help lift it up where it seems believable enough where you could essentially uh, get that going. So expect in the uh, coming months for the narrative horse heresy uh, to really be focused on. Uh, essentially, we're going to be um, really, really going into a deep, uh, exploring a lot of the rules of cool, um, just, you know, ex exploring different styles, a different style of play. And I think the biggest benefit is because we've been open to playing any way we can, uh, heresy, be it, you know, narrative specific or match play or competitive, whatever you want to call it. We, we play it all. We pretty much, um, do it all. We play it all. Any sub game, be it zone, be it the old kind of, uh, centurion mode, whatever you want to play we we've we've played it we've done it um always you know always having a good time but now the focus will be purely narrative and uh, really trying to create and foster that um that play style within our local so we can really start to uh, expand and grow uh, there's a lot of inspiration for myself taken from also like sm battle reports and how they're doing some of these unique uh things obviously uh, the way that uh, 30k channel used to run a lot of their stuff it's just cool to have you know an overarching story that you can build on and let everybody participate uh, as far as that goes you know I, I would have plans to eventually expand this into maybe like a um, campaign book specifically that can be shared with everybody like on the channel and you can make it grow into a, a global thing again that that's if if the mechanics support like that large size. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited for the future for what we have planned for heresy. Um, especially it lets us touch base on a whole bunch of different, uh, topics. Uh, obviously, you know, building the narrative for your list now and focusing your whole list around this particular storyline. Um, my Imperial fists themselves, little background on that so i ended up making them fourth company where in uh, warhammer 40k uh the fourth company is in charge of security slash guarding the phalanx and my shoehorned narrative for it is essentially my army uses a lot of prototype weaponry a lot of iliastus assault cannons uh very punchy squads so my spun fluff headcanon is essentially this fourth company has been pretty much handpicked or appointed by Dorn to create a wedge to blow a hole open for him and the Emperor to escape Terra during the Siege of Terra. And Dorn would use the fourth company to essentially open a hole in the attacking uh, Trader Marines forces and punch out escape break out and that's it so the the army is essentially really really punchy it can do some pretty fun things a lot of damage i really want to start leaning into more of the templar theme uh in the army because i've been painting uh, my terminators in templar colors the Ladrator proteus in templar colors which actually uh, we have a spoon review slash painting video there's a couple different videos coming out about uh, the way I painted my 
uh, tank to begin with, and then a sprue and review video of sub-assemblies and ways you can actually have your Proteus built. So keep a lookout for that, probably in about a week's time. And uh, yeah, it, it should be a lot of fun. I want to start moving towards Sword Brethren. I didn't really care for them too much, uh, just from an in-game point of view. 2 plus armor save with power swords, eh, it was okay, but I just felt there was ways to spend points on better things like vets or anything else, but I feel now, you know, now that my priorities for heresy have shifted, um, I really want to focus on rule of cool for my list, so uh, Sword Brethren will be coming in, I've been converting them out of the uh, Tortuga Bay MK2 tabard bodies, which are really, really top-notch quality, so uh, anybody... Uh, interested in what those look like there are some pictures on the socials but there's going to be more coming down um, the pipe as we continue and then um, as we start to get into you know our zone uh, games little skirmishes start we start dabbling with the uh, titanicus slow grow bunch of different kinds of slow grows to build up the uh, local so once we actually do kick off this uh, uh, narrative campaign we can keep it ever expanding we can always continue to let it evolve on its own where it might take a long time to you know uh, battle on this planet and get everything sorted and then i'm hoping that uh, games workshop hears our cries and they bring out a plastic updated version of battlefleet gothic because it'd be awesome to take that campaign to the stars and then from there it just sky's the limit uh, it could be a lot of fun so um, essentially that's, that's kind of what's changed. That's kind of what's, um, caused a lot of the pivot in our, uh, in our, our, our personal, like, uh, pursuit for heresy. Um, I'm still very much uh, a big fan of the game and I hope to really expand on my forces. Uh, we always played, um, you know, solid lists. So I, I think playing it a lot more lighthearted and, Still building solid, good lists, but not really so much worrying about the outcome where you can focus on um, the story and the journey of how these armies are engaging is going to be a lot of fun, uh, especially like I mentioned earlier with the D&D background and uh, being able to lean on a bunch of different uh, source lores and other players. It, it's essentially going to be a lot of fun for us to kind of explore this whole um, area. I still would like to see um, a balance uh, thing for points like an adjustment or something come but I'm not too worried now like I think at this point in time um, you know it's been probably what I think eight nine months I think we're kind of we're getting you know um, still s solid content and we're getting drops coming um, obviously Thursday previews could be a little bit better but I think it's um, it's slowly coming along, uh, which is nice. I am, I'm hoping that uh, we start to get some more marine kits, though. Um, just you know, anything from MK6 assault marines. I'd really like to see MK2. Uh, it would be preferred, but if MK6 is going to be the flavor of, you know, uh, Age of Darkness 2.0, that's fine. Just because I'm more than happy to see the kits continue to evolve. So that'll be kind of a nice thing. Uh, essentially, though, that's that's kind of what's uh, that's kind of what's coming down the pipe for the next little while. Um, in terms of new things, uh, heresy-wise or hobby-wise, there's a couple different things uh, I want to touch base quickly about the 
um, resin kits for the Dreadnoughts. Uh, the Legion Dreadnoughts obviously got kind of pulled. Now they're back where you can uh, order an upgrade chest. And I believe just recently, uh, earlier today, basically whatever they're sold out. If they're sold out, they're gone. Uh, no longer available, which is kind of a double-edged sword. On one hand, I really, really didn't like putting the resin kits together very much. They just felt a little bit, meh, like they're okay, but we're great. The posability and the versatility of the new plastic kits is great, but you do lose a little bit of that flavor uh, that you're going to be getting from like the main Legion upgrades. I, I feel like it was kind of a missed opportunity where they could have had a Legion upgrade sprue or something like that where you could have charged you know 35 40 bucks but you could have had like a little upgrade sprue or something on each little individual um uh, from each little individual legion or they could have roped it in more like a, a upgrade pack for shoulders where i know on some of the uh, 40k kits you can order you know like a 40k upgrade sprue where it has your shoulder pads and then on the other one it's got like a head a special backpack maybe a uh, gladius blade for your ultramarine sergeants special little trinkets and stuff they could have probably done something like that although it is what it is plastic production uh, obviously costs a lot more money so there's there's issues with that as well uh so i'm not i'm not i'm not super sad to see the uh the resin kits go it would have been nice i think if they included uh the shin leg calves uh sections and the shoulders because those are also kind of uh done up with extra details i think they're kind of missing the mark a little bit by just releasing the chests uh but that's that's my personal opinion and uh the other thing is with those uh sky hunter um squadrons of the uh, jet bikes I know uh, even here locally we've had some issues with um, cap allocations in the past, but this this particular one, uh, the last uh, communication we ended up getting was uh, it was capped at one. So all stores minus uh, Games Workshop stores and online, obviously, but all brick-and-mortar trade accounts were pretty much just going to be getting one box. Um, this was an... Uh, Essentially, this was an attempt by GW to create a little bit of balance and to ensure that every store at least got one. Uh, just regardless of account size and how small or big you were, you were able to still order something for your store. And then obviously the caps are off as of Monday. What's going to be left? I don't know. We'll see how much they sell, I guess. Uh, that That's kind of the only um, thing that was a little disappointing. Um, but I can see the reasoning of why they want to put the caps in. Because if you, don't, if you don't have the caps, essentially you get kind of what happens with the Scorpius Missile Tank, which it's been out of stock forever through trade. Like, I'm sure you can get it through um, uh, Games Workshop online store, and uh, that's that's totally fine. But it's been sold out since it came out release-wise. So, And it's it's been weeks and weeks and weeks where there's just nothing. There's no movement at all. There's nothing coming from warehouse. Everything's still set at zero. So... Uh, I'm hoping the cap will kind of drum up a little bit of demand. People will have an exact number of what they need, and then we'll be able to reorder on Monday and kind of spread the love everywhere. Uh, we'll see how it goes. As far as that goes, that's essentially the biggest news that I've got for Heresy stuff. Uh, I really want to be focusing on a few different alternative um, uh, Heresy games as well. I've been kind of looking at a few different uh, a few different online creators 
and uh, actually we're going to be looking hopefully at getting a uh, uh, podcast episode with the uh, ossified uh, guy who created the horse heresy kill team uh, tons of different pdf work uh, if you've been keeping up a little bit on Facebook with some of their posts and updates, it looks pretty solid uh, from a kill team point of view, which I think is just another tool in the tool belt to allow you to play these different um, Horus Heresy battles or these different uh, aspects of the game. Because obviously it's uh, it's got a wide spectrum of ways you can enjoy the setting and the lore. So this is just another way to, to do that. So definitely stay tuned for uh, that kind of stuff. And uh, we hope that you've been enjoying the uh, the heresy content up to this point. We're still down to obviously help with uh, list building. We do have people, you know, writing in and asking us about uh, certain lists or rights of war. So keep that up. We definitely enjoy that. And uh, if you guys want to hear more about that stuff, we can talk about it on the podcast. We usually keep it offline and just respond directly. Uh, but if enough people are messaging and asking questions about certain units or rights of war or just ways to... Uh, you know, um, even creating your own uh, events or narratives or missions, anything like that. We definitely love to hear about that and continue on um, helping you guys out and trying to make Heresy the best it can be. So um, definitely, yeah, stay tuned. Lots of uh, terrain projects coming up as well. I've got lots of zone boards ready to go. Uh, we want to make a big splash next year. Um, having like everything done and painted, obviously. So I've got three full zone mortalis tables that are ready to go. Uh, it's going to be a big push to try and get everything painted up together. Um, but I know it'll be, it'll be a lot of fun and it'll just take the events to that next level of immersion where you can really start to expand and play around. And then we'll be incorporating uh, Titanicus and stuff as well next time. So it, it's, there's a lot of stuff coming down the pipe. Uh, if the match play competitive stuff hasn't been your jam, and you definitely want to get kind of a different perspective now and you want to tune in for uh, a little bit of a, a different kind of approach. Uh, you'll like what's coming down for Heresy in the next little while because uh, it's it's going to be a complete 180 of where we were. And it's going to be just focusing on a lot more of uh, the fun, lighthearted nature. And uh, we'll be focusing on a lot of war stories as well. Uh, a lot of people... I uh, really wanted to hear about games. So that's that's one thing we, we definitely want to touch base on. And uh, we'll do event recaps. You know, we're still going to travel around and hit up some of the events uh, that are happening, you know, um, within North America. So uh, stay tuned for all that stuff. Just lots of exciting stuff coming down. Um, and yeah, definitely can't wait to share it with you. So uh, stay tuned and we hope that you uh, uh, join us next time. Catch you guys later.